You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. EcoFest 4. Get ready. It's here. Get busy. How you been? Busy. I moved back right in May. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, all right, that's it's like seven months ago. 13 minus 5 is, uh, yeah, eight months ago, I guess. Since then, I've just been going nonstop. Um, I ended up with two full-time jobs, basically, and then promoting the book. And then the book came out in September and it's been doing really well. And things have been ramping up at both jobs and that's kind of where I am today. And I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing with myself going forward. So one of the things that I have to, you know, uh, for those who don't know, who didn't read the announcement and kind of maybe been wondering where the hell I've been over the last several weeks, November, after we did the November shows, it was announced I was going to take a little break and I was going to come back in February, and then uh, I basically realized a few weeks later that it was just going to be impossible. Um, I mean, I love doing the show with you, and I miss hanging out with you and uh, and all of that stuff, but to try and keep up the schedule is just insane. There's there's no way for me. I mean, I, I barely get out to watch a movie now, you know, for my own enjoyment or even at home. Like, I, I moved, and most of my movies are still in a bin. Like, I haven't even looked at anything, and I've got a stack that I bought that nah, I don't know when I'm going to watch them. As you can tell, I'm a little uh, little down about this, although all that stuff that I'm doing is good, so I'm trying to reformulate my life in some way so I can enjoy it. You're not necessarily doing no podcast because isn't one of your jobs doing a podcast? Yeah, but that one pays me, so um, and that's good. Crucial difference there. Well, you know, I'm lucky. I've got the, the show that I do for the Detroit Free Press and those who may have listened to the show before, and I'm sure he will be on uh, again to talk about the Free Film Festival coming up, I think, March, April. His Steve Byrne, and he was on the show, I think it was last year. And when I came back home, Steve and I ran into each other at an art opening, and he's like, I want to talk to you about something. I'm like, okay. Didn't have a job, didn't have anything. I came home to nothing, basically. I was just going to live at my friend's dad's house and help him with some stuff and promote the book. And I thought, well, if I'm lucky, then maybe I'll have a job by the end of the year in our beautiful uh, winter economic climate in Michigan. No such luck. I ended up with uh, all of this, and including which him saying basically envision what a arts and entertainment podcast for the free press would look and sound like. And we did that, and after a few weeks, been running that. So that's been up since July, basically. And every week, you can get it on iTunes and other 
sundry places where you also get the projection booth and you can hear me interview a range of folks and talk about what's going on around town. So that's uh, one of the two day jobs. Now tell the folks about the big award that the book got recently. The big award. Well, the big award. Um, I, I think you guys know from the past ego shows or postings or whatever that I worked on this book, uh, the Orbit Magazine Anthology, which was uh, sort of a history and reprinting of three magazines, the last one of which, Orbit, lasted for nine years and was around in the 90s when I was in high school. And they were all kind of connected and came out of the Detroit punk rock scene in the late 70s. So it came out September 1st from Wayne State University Press. It's been selling rather well and was told in December, although I couldn't say anything until it was officially announced the first weekend of the new year, that the book has been honored with a Michigan Notable Book Award for 2016. The Michigan Notable Book Award program is run by the Library of Michigan, which is sort of the archive of state history and culture, and they also coordinate with the libraries around the state to, you know, run the importance of library programs throughout Michigan. And they selected my book along with uh, some other ones that are really good. Once in a Great City by David Marianis, who's the um, editor of the Washington Post, who's from here. And there's a book on Frida Kahlo and uh, Diego Rivera. And also the recent uh, Patti Smith memoir, M-Train, which uh, she talks about moving to Michigan and uh, marrying Fred Sonic Smith, formerly of the MC5, and and her life here in Michigan. So uh, the, the book series, the Michigan Notable Books, is a way for the state to highlight books by either Michigan authors or have a tie to Michigan history in some way. There's also some poetry and some fiction and a um, even a cookbook on there. So uh, I guess they reviewed about 250 books and they selected 20 and my book made the list. So in April, they're having an event at the library in Lansing. And then there will be a book tour, which right now libraries are filling out their forms to decide which authors they would like uh, to come and visit if those authors are available to come and visit and talk about their book and their writing. And you get a little stipend to go on this tour, and the tour will take place between April, May, and June. I'm looking forward to that. That should be fun. And one of the questions they asked you on the form was, are you willing to go to the UP? And for those who are not Michiganders, that's the Upper Peninsula because, you know, Michigan is basically a state in two parts. And um, I was like, sure. I'm like, because I can kind of do my job with a telephone and a laptop, even though I'm busy. But it would still be nice to go visit uh, Marquette because I haven't been up there since I was about six. You can see Escanaba in the moonlight. There you go. You can see Canada from there. No, actually, you can see Canada from Detroit, too. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. It might actually be a little easier. From Detroit, so and so, yeah, it's a it's a great honor to get that award, and you know, it's you know, I was thinking about this in terms of the book. I mean, you know, because you've been basically around me the whole time I've been doing this book, and about the whole time I've been here on the show doing the book. Also, is that it was just a a dumb idea that I got one day, and I talked to someone about it, and then they introduced me to Jerry, the guy who was the publisher of all three magazines, and that just kind of snowballed everything. And since then, it's just been great. I mean, um, the book's selling really well. The notices have been really, 
really great with people. Um, the support of people like uh, Jack White and Third Man Records, because they just opened the Third Man Records store here in Detroit. They opened one here, and then, of course, he has one in Nashville. And uh, I had a book event there in December, and they opened up the doors to me, and we're like, yeah, you know, you can do whatever you like, and, you know, glad to have you. And, you know, everyone's just been really great. It's just been a, you know, I, I feel very lucky and, and honored by the support of, of everyone from, you know, those who were there and helped to put the magazines together and interviewed with me or gave me materials to those who buy the books and were, you know, fans of the magazines like I was to, you know, this award. So it's just been a great, it's been a great ride so far. And, you know, with that, I'm hoping to use that momentum to actually place another uh, book proposal as well. So I've got a couple ideas and we'll see sort of where that shakes out. Rob, no longer full-time co-host of the show, but definitely coming back for some special cameo appearances. I think I've got about six on the docket right now for the year. And these are some of the ones that I picked before I ended up leaving um, full-time. So the first one I'll be back for is in February, and we'll be doing Pump Up the Volume, in which we interviewed um, Alan Moyle. It was a great discussion with him who is the writer and director of Pump Up the Volume. And I'm still trying to figure out exactly who the co-host may be with us. It might just, it'd probably just be you and me for that one, I think. You know, it'll be good to be back and to be able to talk about this stuff because it's, you know, I, I enjoy doing the show. It's it's like I told someone, I go, it's, it's like being in a really, really good band, but you don't make any money. And, <laughs> you know, there just comes a part where you go, you know, God, I got all this other stuff that I got to do. And, you know, can I still afford to do the band? And it, it's kind of for me, it's it, it's not so much a money issue as it is a time issue. And it's getting harder and harder to be able to have that kind of time to focus to the amount of detail that we do on the show. I'm not having an easy time finding a replacement for you. Mm -hmm. Because it takes a, a special skill set to be able to handle putting up with me every week let me just tell you really quick you're not a problem the, the the issue uh when we talk about this show is that in order to make it fair and equitable for anyone who's you know going to co-host is the ability to have that technical background you know and with my years in radio the ability to edit the show because it's not going out live it's not just two guys talking on a mic and then here matches with the other things I'm interested in. So really, you know, if anyone's interested in doing the show and I and I would say it's a it's a great opportunity if you're a, you know, film writer, if you're a film fan is to have that technical background to be able to edit audio and make it sound good and be able to mix it. So, you know, I I know that's a I guess maybe a hard to find skill set. Yeah, it's a tall order because it's not just, you know, sit down watch a movie, then get on the phone and talk about it for an hour or so. Yeah. You know, I'm preaching to the choir here when I say, like, a lot of weekends I'm spending 15, 20 hours sitting down editing stuff. Yeah. Working on, like, the Showgirl show where I've got four interviews, you know, the Smile show coming up here where I've got about seven interviews. It's going to be one heck of a task. Yeah, it is. But the thing that I've tried to impress upon people is that, the the show has always been about the idea of an encapsulation of one whole idea. 
one whole film. So it's like, to the best of our knowledge, here's everything that we could get. Here's all the people we tried to, re- you know, we reached out to and were able to get to talk to and, and put everything in there and make it as comprehensive as possible. And I think that that's part of the reason why the show has received as much attention as it has, you know, as much notice as one of the best, you know, film shows that are out there. It's not just two guys in, in their basement talking about, you know, what movie they saw last week. You know, this isn't film comment. This isn't some, you know, a feat, you know, uh, film scholarship thing. It's, it's a little looser than that. But at the same time, there's a certain level of trying to – I mean, and you know, I mean, because you listen to the show. You listen to us right now. Trying to put everything in there so that it is – Com- as comprehensive as we can and it, it'll last for a while you know it's it's not ephemeral you know it's not like oh okay well they did that last week now move on to the next one you know so i i think that that's both an opportunity and a challenge uh i think it's an opportunity and i've always felt this way with the show that allows the episodes to last a bit longer um so it's not like oh well if i didn't listen to it that week then you know, it's okay to listen to it in a month or two months or a year later and it'll still hold up as opposed to being like, well, I guess I got to go watch that movie now and listen to it now before it disappears from the theater, you know, or, you know, it's so sort of like of its time that it's kind of useless after a certain point. Right. Yeah, we try to make sure there's no expiration dates on these. And yeah, we'll talk occasionally about things that are coming up or, you know, put it in a moment in time. But for the most part, we try to keep these as timeless as possible. Like a fine bottle of wine. We shall serve no projection booth before it's time. You know, seriously, though, I am... I'm sad to leave. I, I really, you know, we, we went out to dinner. I, I, do, I wasn't even going to tell you through the, uh, through the interwebs, and I didn't even, you know, say anything to anybody in sort of the public realm until I told you. I only felt it was fair to do that. And, you know, I felt bad. I still feel bad about it. Cause, well, I didn't mean to break down crying that much. Uh, yeah, I know. But um, it's just... You know, I enjoy hanging out with you. You're one of my friends, you know, who I have to say I've developed a close friendship with through the show. Because when I kind of started the show, I kind of knew you as just some guy who was writing this, you know, film magazine. And that was about it. But over that time, I have to say, you know, it's one of one of the friendships that I really treasure. And uh, it's hard. It's hard to walk away from it because there's really no, you know, there's no reason to walk away from it in, in the classical sense outside of just time issues. You know, um, we don't hate each other. Uh, <laughs> nothing bad happened. doesn't have anything to do with that. This is not a, you know, like some band breaking up or something. It's like, Oh, you know, those guys hate each other now. It's like, no, it's not like that at all. Right. There was no Yoko Ono situation. No. Uh, it wasn't my, you know, incredible drug habit that broke us apart. Right. And like I said, you know, you'll be back. And I think I was looking at the schedule and it looks like you're back almost once a month. Yeah. I think you get off easy in March, but you're pretty much back every month after that, uh, at least until September and then possibly beyond that because that's as far as out as i've uh announced episodes for me as as a listener and a fan of it um i hope that you're able to continue it i mean i know it is a it is a challenge and it has to be a labor of love for you and at the same time you want to do things that you want to do as well you know so i think anyone who's listening should understand that this show is done because 
people wanted to do it. That's all. It's not done because, you know, these guys are making money or these guys are, you know, what it's, no, it's, you know, the, the show is all has always been about we're interested in things we want to know more about them and that's really what it's what the core of it has been and and that's why I think I enjoy it and that's why I enjoy being on it and and I look back over that list of people you know in those episodes and it's just incredible to me I mean I I just think about all the people that I had an opportunity to talk to that I probably never would have had that opportunity to talk to if it wasn't for the show. So what I'm thinking about doing is, do you remember the old Sunday morning mysteries on WDIV where it was like every week you had a different mystery and then it would kind of rotate? Right. And and I remember this because there was um, McLeod and my mother's last name was McLeod. So I was always like, oh, McLeod. McLeod! Chief, yeah. who was who was McLeod? Was it Dennis Weaver? Dennis Weaver, yeah. yeah. And it was I. I just remember this image. I don't even remember the show, uh, but I just remember. I think it was in the promo. It was like him on a horse or something. Oh yeah, that was like, the opening credits. Riding down the middle of the street in New York or something. Kind of a, a TV take on Coogan's Bluff. Yeah, I, I mean, it was a rotating thing on a local station here, Channel 4. They used to do this thing where it was uh, each Sunday you got a different one. So it was, what, uh, your favorite, Columbo. Yeah. Uh, then there was um, McLeod. There was McMillan and Wife. And then what was the other one? I think Banachek. Okay. What I'm thinking about doing, so in March here, and I think March and a lot of April, I'm bringing on different folks to kind of try them out to see will they work with the chemistry and will they work with the editing part of it. So because really, like you were saying, you need to have both parts to this. It's not just the love of the movies, but you also have to have that geekiness when it comes to the audio editing and all that fun stuff. So I'm trying out some folks. I think I've got one person who for sure is going to be in that rotation. At least they're kind of picking out movies here and they're willing to do some audio editing. And that's Maitland McDonough, which I, I think is pretty great that she's you know agreed to be part of this and especially agreed to take on some of the audio editing and stuff. So uh, because I, I find her opinions to be pretty darn good and she's got you know a lot of great experience when it comes to this stuff and she's got a terrific voice I have to say. Yeah and her her background as a reviewer and interest in film is broad so I mean we've had her on the show you know in various aspects. Oh, yeah it's a great choice. And then we've got some other folks coming up here. Um, you can go to our Facebook page or ch- click on our, our upcoming events for our app and see who all is coming in here. So, yeah, so, so I think we've got a pretty good list of, of people who are willing to at least sit down once and see how it works out. And then we'll you know kind of make some offers and see what happens. But, yeah, it's the whole... You know, I keep warning people, and it's like it's not just uh, sitting down and talking about movies. There's a whole time suck to this, and it's not just one movie. You know, when we were talking about because you're coming back for the Apocalypse Now show, and when it comes to Apocalypse Now, it's not just sitting down and watching one two and a half hour movie. No, as a matter of fact, I got to get some of those cuts from you because I only have the theatrical and the redo, and I need to watch the whole five hour edit as well. So, and I know that's out there as a bootleg. So. It is like like that right there is ten hours basically of yeah. movie watching 
for one Plus show. Hearts of Darkness. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So so it's it's um it's a commitment, and and then the edit on top of it is a commitment on top of that as well. And it's not like we ever sit down and just watch one movie when we're talking about a movie. That's getting off light. Looking at Ed Wood, you know, we're, we're probably going to be looking at a lot of Ed Wood movies as well. And then I'll be going back and reading the book, you know, Nightmare and Ecstasy and all those kind of things. So it's going to be each episode has its own challenges. Yeah, which then again, you know, we have our friends at the other shows who say, man, I don't just want to work that hard. I don't know. Why do we work so hard? Is it or you now? I should say, why do you work so hard? What is this obsession about? You know, I, I think it's the, the fame and the wealth is really what does it for me. Life ain't nothing but bitches and money. Yeah, I understand it. I, I really do. So speaking of wealth, I did want to take time. You know, um, we set up a Patreon a few months ago. And one of the perks, like the cheapest perk we could possibly give away was our in, eternal gratitude and thanking people on the show. Because it's going to take about five minutes here for us to run through all the names of the people who uh, have given money and time to the show. So I just wanted to really quick run through people. Because all it takes is a buck. All you have to do is give us one dollar and you'll get thanks on the show. What a value. What a bargain. What a bargain. What a bargain. What a bargain. And I have to say, not too many people cheaped out and just gave us a buck. There's a lot of... A lot of two dollars on here. <laughs> I'd buy that for two dollars. A couple three dollars on here. Yeah. A few fours and fives. Right. And there's even people that have given thirty dollars. Thirty dollars a month they're giving us because for what? a thirty dollar pledge, you get an autographed copy of Impossibly Funky, a Cashiers to Cinema collection, out of my extensive boxes and boxes in my garage of impossibly funky a cashier's to cinemark collection and you should have that that's a good one i wanted to thank and i'll just run through these names real quick and i apologize if i screw up any pronunciation so michael polionis john redford mark stillman colin mccowan dr michael brooks our old friend skiz sizzik even though he comes on the show He's a part of the show, and he still gives us $5 a month. Adam Lounsbury, a guy named Ken, Terry Farthing, Pekka, because they're from Finland, Bob Vickers, Jason Spear, our good friend Dennis Solaro, who is very good at correcting my French when it comes to any time I'm asking about French stuff, Brinley Andrews, Axel Cohagen, Eric Gilliand, Ricky Shore, our friend Jeffrey Schwartz gives us money. Jeffrey from our using episode, our homicide episode, he's been on quite a few times and looking forward to having him on again. Anti Holopainen, Adam Stevenson, and David Udon. I believe it's Udon. It's either that or it's Jordan. I'm sorry that the uh, Patreon does not give me like a pronunciation key. But yeah, all those people giving us money every month, and we're pretty much funded. We've been asking for a little bit more than $100 a month, and folks have met that level, which is fantastic. Well, thank you, everyone. I mean, 
it all gets plowed in to actually take care of the cost of doing this thing. I mean, as you put on the Patreon, you know, it's like you got to buy materials, got to buy books, films sometimes, uh, got to pay for the hosting fees, you know, got to pay the blackmail. Those blackmailers, man, they don't go away. You got to pay them off. Yeah, those pictures. I really wish I had never been with in that particular scenario. You think it's all fun and games, but no. Like, uh, they actually have a TV show, in case you didn't know, called Blackmail. And um, they, they, they will run the tape on you and try to get the money out of you. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Blackmail. And to start tonight's program, we go north to Preston in Lancashire and Mrs. Betty Teal. Hello, Mrs. Teal. Now, Mrs. Teal, this is for £15, and it's to stop us revealing the name of your lover in Bolton. So, Mrs. Teal, send us £15 by return of post, please, and your husband, Trevor, and your lovely children, Diane, Janice, and Juliet, need never know the name of your lover in Bolton. And now, a letter, a series of photographs, and a hotel registration book which could add up to divorce, premature retirement, and possible criminal proceedings for a company director in Bromsgrove. He's a Freemason and a Conservative MP, so Mr. S. of Bromsgrove, that's £3,000, please, to stop us revealing your name, the name of the three other people involved, the youth organisation to which they belong, and the shop where you bought the equipment. What kind of sparked us talking this morning, other than me announcing that we were doing an Ego Fest show, was that you sent over a little article about the toughness of being a podcaster these days. And they highlighted how tough it is to get your name out there, how hard it is to kind of break through and actually get people to notice you. Because there's, there's definitely levels when it comes to podcasts. You know, everybody knows Mark Marin. Everybody knows the NPR shows. Everybody knows frickin' Serial. But there's not a whole lot of people that know the projection booth. Well, the whole thing is, is that you have to ask yourself, why is that? And that's because those things come with a built-in audience already. You have comedians, you have people who are celebrities, you have people who already have a traditional outlet, which is the thing that I always said when we were looking at those uh, best of lists. We were on like the, was it, like the 10 best uh, film show list or whatever it was, and eight of them were from an outlet. It was either an NPR or um, a, a station that already has a show, or it was someone who's a celebrity, or it was a film magazine that was doing a podcast. So it's like that's easy for them to get attention because they already have a, they already have a megaphone. This is completely independent, so uh, it, it's a little bit harder. And the, the article, and you should post this article if if you uh, decide to on the EgoFest notes on the projection-book.com to give people an idea of what you know. Like you, you actually are part of a a group of folks who are a little bit more keyed in than than average. Uh, the thing that was interesting is they were looking at the numbers uh, pre and post serial. And how Serial blew up, you know, a year ago and got everyone's attention for podcasts. 
and then the pluses and minuses of those kind of things. We almost got some runoff from Serial because we were mentioned in a couple lists where it was like, now that Serial's over, what podcasts will you listen to? You know, the other thing I always find fun is when we show up on lists of like, you know, best horror movie podcasts, it's like, yeah, uh, I don't really do a lot of horror movies. Yeah, maybe we'll get nominated for a Rondo again this year. <clears throat> I, you know, I really don't worry about uh, awards and and people liking it or not. The only thing I'm excited about is people who actually dig the show. That's all. You know, they dig the show. They tell people. I like getting, you know, messages from people. I, I like getting, you know, notice from time to time of them saying, yes, you know, I, I appreciated this or I appreciate that. That's really cool. You know, um, the awards and whatnot. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, even the same thing with the book. You know, we talked about the, my book in the front. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a great honor to get that. But it's like I don't live and die by positive notice. All, all I want is enough attention to be able to do my next project. And, you know, if in, and especially when you're doing something at a low enough rate where, you know, sort of like the projection booth, it, it doesn't cost you too much uh, beyond time. So, you know, no one's going to come in and say, well, your ratings weren't good enough or you didn't win enough awards or get enough notice. So we're going to pull the plug on you. Yeah, thank God for that. I worked in commercial radio for seven years, and it was always live and die by the book. And I'm not talking about the Bible. I'm talking about the ratings. And it was brutal what would happen, you know, when those uh, ratings books came out. And some of these stations and friends who would see in the hallway would all of a sudden disappear and you wouldn't see them again. Well, there is a way that folks can help us kind of break through, I don't know, it's not a glass ceiling, maybe a static ceiling or, or something, a, a cast ceiling, I don't know. You know, you can go out and you can rate us on iTunes. The more ratings we get, the better ratings we get, the more likely we, likely we are to show up in the, like, the new and notable type sections or the popular podcast type sections. That helps. Uh, there's also NPR. Speaking of NPR, I think sometimes I have NPR Envy. Uh, they have a program called Earbud at earbud.fm where people can go in and recommend a show, and then allegedly they will take uh, shows that have enough votes and then list them on this service where they're kind of highlighting popular or valuable podcasts. But if you look through that list, you're going to see just a ton of NPR shows, which is, you know, it's the audience. So they're going to vote for their own stuff. You know, people that listen to NPR are going to like NPR shows and they're going to vote for NPR shows. But occasionally there are some shows that aren't these NPR shows or aren't these, you know, the ones that always show up on the lists of popular podcasts that might make it through. So it'd be really great if the projection booth made it through and, and broke through and people that don't know about the show might know about it. You know, the one thing that I, I tend to say when I'm, you know, talking to, to people who are, you know, the, uh, the mavens, the tastemakers is I feel that the projection booth is the best podcast out there on movies that people aren't listening to we have listeners who tell us they've been inspired to do their own shows or think about things differently so you know the the only thing i hope for your concern is that you don't end up like the velvet underground in a way where it's like yeah we sold 100 records and those 100 records led to 100 bands but we didn't make any money and nobody cared and we were around. <laughs> it was only like, you know, 30, 40 years later that, you know, everybody else got hip. So 
I'm hoping that people get hit before you're like, all right, I'm done, and you just walk away. Before I get all ornery like Lou Reed. And as Leslie Nielsen would say, I can hold my breath for a long time. But it's always nice if folks, you know, spread the word, as it were. And that doesn't cost you anything other than time. Kindness doesn't cost. That's what my grandmother used to say. Those are good words. And I thank you for doing me a kindness, Mike. <laughs> are you the Winnebago man? That's right. <laughs> Goddamn flies. <laughs> Get out of here. Is there anything else we need to talk about before we shuffle off? No, I'm good. Thank you, though, everyone. And um, it's it's been a great ride, and I'm looking forward to stopping in and seeing how things are going as we go. And, you know, keep supporting the show and keep listening like I am both ways. And tell others. Keep circulating the tapes, as they used to say at the end of Mr. Science Theater. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. So, yeah, Rob's gone, but not forgotten, but he'll be back. It'll be definitely... Uh, fairly regularly scheduled thing which is fantastic so don't get your panties in too much of a bunch and then hopefully this will lead to some other interesting and uh, knowledgeable voices on the show so and if you feel that you have what it takes drop me a line we actually have a couple shows where people have not volunteered that's the one thing that i've been noticing is like as i've been kind of sending out lists of like well here's some of the shows we have coming up and let me know what sounds good and people are just avoiding certain films like the plague they want nothing to do with some of these more artsy fartsy films it's like hmm. people are, are beating down the door to be on the elvira mistress of the dark show but celine and julie go boating not so much and that's the thing rob you took on any movie that was on the list and i always appreciated that from the art house to the outhouse, as you would say. That's what it's all about, man. You know, I mean, for me, uh, film is film. And uh, the, the broad range of it, and that's what I love. So it's that's what it's all about. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening, guys. For any of the show notes, go on over to projection-booth.com. Give us some love. Follow us on our Twitter, go to our Facebook, be part of our group, download the free app for Apple or uh, Android, whatever you got, and yeah, just keep circulating the tapes. <laughs>